Welcome to Trinity, following on from what Gareth has just, uh, just said, and welcome if you're watching online as well, if you're going to be uh, watching over the next week or so, or whenever, that'd be great to uh, hope it's a blessing to you as well. So, how are you with stuff? Do you have lots and lots of stuff, or are you minimalist? That means you don't have a lot of stuff, someone told me in a dictionary. Why don't you just turn to your neighbour? Are you a lot of stuff person? Are you a hoarder? It might come in useful one day. Or are you a minimalist person? Okay, right. That's enough fun for one evening. Now, second question. Second question. What's your, what's your desert island possession? You know, you're allowed to take, you know, if you've ever onto the mythical desert island, if you ever listen to those, and your Bible, you get a Bible already, okay? No really super holy, holy, okay? Other than a Bible, what's your must-take-with-you possession? You know, is it Snuggles the Teddy that you have had with you all your life? Or is that just me? So, here we are. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. We are in a series, as Gareth has said, called Healthy Habits. Healthy Habits of Faithful Followers of Jesus Christ. And uh, this series is all about growing closer and closer to Jesus When I think of of church, when I think of uh, Cheltenham, when I think of Gloucestershire, when I think of uh, this region, when I think of the country, when I think of the world, the picture that comes into my mind is of a massive great crowd. And at the centre of that crowd is Jesus. And and this crowd is, is really, you know, so many sort of types of people in it, so many different stories just like us here tonight or or watching. And uh, the thing is, in this crowd, the question is, are you you facing towards the guy in the middle, towards Jesus? You see, there are some religious people, and they're, they're quite close to Jesus, actually. But the problem is, they're heading in the wrong direction. They've taken the message that Jesus came with and that, and that the Holy Spirit, God with us now, God inside us, God working in our hearts and in our lives, doing an, an inside out job. They've taken the message of Jesus, which is about relationship, 
and, and following and daily, step by step by step, growing more and more like Jesus, sounding more like Jesus, acting more like Jesus. The problem is people love to turn that story of relationship, of love, they love to turn it into, into rules and into, into dead religion. So there are some people who might look quite close to Jesus, but the problem is they're heading in the wrong direction. They're actually not really that incredibly interested in what Jesus has to say about things. So they, they don't listen to the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit as Gareth was sharing with us just last week, the same Spirit that completely filled Jesus and now completely fills us. They don't want to listen to the voice of God, the voice of Jesus. But the amazing thing is there are other people and they're right near the edge sometimes. They're, they're feeling a little bit like they shouldn't be here. I loved what we shared earlier where there was an invitation to the prodigals, the lost ones. And some, there are people who are right on the edge and maybe that's you tonight. You're just kind of, oh, if, if people really knew what was going on in my life, they might sort of say, how dare you come? How dare, call yourself a Christian or whatever. Maybe you wouldn't call yourself a Christian yet. But the deal is, the thing is, wherever you are in the crowd, it's about the direction of your life. It's about the desire that you're saying, yes, I want more of you, Jesus. I want to get closer to you, Jesus. I want to sound more like you, Jesus. I want to be more like you, Jesus. I want to do the things more that you did, Jesus. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to, to just push myself through this crowd. I want to be a follower of yours. I don't, I'm not going to put up with second best. I don't want life in, in black and white. I want life in full colour HD. I want to know fully who I am. I want, to, I want to know the meaning of life. I want to know the purpose of living I want to give myself for something that's worth giving myself for. I want you, Jesus. This is a series all about that. This is a series for people who want to get closer to Jesus. And the healthy habits that help us to do that. And so we, were, we began by asking that question right back in the beginning of January. Do we actually want to follow? Because following is, is the whole of our lives. In, in Jesus' day, when people followed teachers of the law, teachers of, of faith, they, they walked with them. They literally lived with them to see what it was like. And then, and then we asked a question about dwelling, about, about spending time with God. Are we willing to actually spend time with God? Because that's the only place, that's the only way that we find out more about Jesus and more about becoming like Jesus. You know, I've said this before in this church, but it was certainly true of me for years. I used to think the Bible, for example, worked by osmosis. As long as you had it on your bedside table... 
I mean, if it was in the drawer, it didn't work. But if you took it out the drawer, put it on your bedside table, then basically the work of the Holy Spirit was... As you sleep, you become followers of the Lord. Well, last week we were being challenged, weren't we? Or two weeks ago, we were being challenged about dwelling with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit, as I say, God with us. And we've already asked a question about being closer, about being open to the Holy Spirit. And tonight we're talking about the problem of stuff. So put the picture back up. Do you have too much stuff in your life? And the question is, is that stuff obscuring your relationship with God? Is it, is it getting in the way of your relationship with God? And so therefore, it's getting in the way of you being you. Now, I'm, I'm thinking about stuff in, in the sense of money, yes, and possessions, yes. But I'm also thinking about stuff in a broader sense. Anything, anything that, that takes your attention, takes your attention away from Jesus. You know, an addiction is something that has just a compulsion in you. You have to do it to feel like you're okay. You can clearly tell that for me, it's going to the gym every day and, and running 50. That can be a compulsion. Of course, it's a good thing in itself. Food and drink can become an addiction and a compulsion. This food and drink are good. Our Lord God provided them for us. But if they become a focus... These are wonderful, amazing tools. They're designed to be addictive. Did you know that? They're absolutely perfectly designed to grab your attention. If you're a Twitter follower, they put through information quickly enough so that it fits with the idea of bite size, so that your mind will be taken again and again and again. If you're on Facebook, all the material, although there's changes going on, the material is designed to capture your attention. Stuff. Stuff gets in the way between us and God. And so our habit that we're talking about is the habit of simple living. What does it mean to try and live in a way where the stuff is not the thing that's controlling you? That's the question that we're going to ask tonight. The Bible's pretty clear. Pretty clear about money and about possessions obscuring us from God. If you know your Old Testament, you'll know that the 10th commandment is the one which says, don't covet, don't desire the things that other people have got. In, in the 
book of Matthew, Matthew's account of Jesus' life. There's a, an occasion when a, a rich young guy comes to Jesus. He's actually someone who's very religious and he comes to Jesus. He says, Jesus, I want the secret of life. And Jesus says, well, do you keep the commands of God? Do you keep the law of God? And this rich young man says, yes, I do. Absolutely. Every single one of them. And then Jesus says, okay, well, there's just one more thing. Will you give up your riches? And Matthew says the young man has to turn in the crowd and walk away. Because he can't do it. The stuff prevents his relationship with the living God. Jesus also says in the same, that same, account, same uh, gospel, Matthew, Jesus says you can't serve two masters. You can't serve money. And the word he uses is mammon, meaning it, it, money has power. Money's not a neutral commodity. You can't serve stuff and serve God. You have to choose. The stuff gets in the way. And the Bible's also really clear that, that the trouble with stuff, whether it's money or possessions or any other kind of compulsion, is it, is it kids you, it fools you. It says, yes, I am life. I, I'm going to make things better. I'm going to feed your soul. I'm going I'm to make you happy. I'm going to make you content. And it's an illusion. It's not true. You just want more stuff. And so as someone said, we live in a culture where we buy things we don't really need to give to people we don't really like as Christmas presents. The Bible's clear that the only answer is to take control of the stuff. To not let it have power over you. I'm going to put some words up from Matthew's Gospel. We're just skipping down a, a few little bits tonight. I think the Lord's leading us to this. It's Matthew's Gospel again, and it's, um, it's chapter 6, and it's verse 25, and the words are up on the screen. Jesus is speaking to, to his followers. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? Clearly I don't. See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labour or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? 
So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, his right way of living, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do you have too much stuff? Are you anxious? Are you worried about money, about possessions? Are you ambitious for the right things? Or is the stuff getting in the way? Jesus says, our God is God. The first attitude that's in those words is to remember and the attitude of worship that God is creator of all things. So he is able to provide for us. The second attitude or or antidote to stuff is therefore we can be generous. We can give away and be generous because it doesn't belong to us anyway. And the third attitude, the third antidote to stuff is if you put God first, everything else will fall into place. Even as I say those words, I can feel in us the desire for that to be true. The peace, the contentment, the true joy that comes from knowing that God is God, I can be generous with all I have. And if I put him first, everything else will fall into place. See, can I just say a few things? I've got a a few pictures. The first thing that the habit of of simple living is not is, is being a bit puritanical, like this two happy couple here. Picture of Nikki and me taken earlier this year. It Simple living, following Jesus, him at the centre of the crowd, is, is not about doing stuff on the outside. That's what's called legalism. That's religion. That's dead. It's not putting on an outward show. Simple living and, and being content and being truly at peace with yourself and your life is, is starts inside. It's an inward journey that then leads into the outward journey. Can I say the second thing that simple living is not about? It's not about escaping to the country. Now, I'm saying this in a place where quite a few people do escape to the Cotswolds country for a simpler, better life. And I'm not knocking that. But my point is this. Simple living is not to somehow kind of like cut yourself off from the real world. 
And thirdly, simple living, the antidote to stuff, is not boring. It's not boring. We're talking about life. We're talking about connecting ourselves with the creator of the world, the one who wrote the book on what it is to be human, to be us. The one who can give us purpose in life. The one who has got the answers to the questions that we've got. It's not boring. I love that before. It's It's not a sandwich on the outside. It's a banquet laid out before us. If you choose to seek first, The kingdom of God. That means God being in the right place in your life. If you choose the habits of simple living in order to get closer to Jesus, you will experience life in all its fullness. Here's just a few things that people a lot wiser than me say can help with seeking to live more simply so that you can actually live more richly. Can we put the slide of points up on the screens? Thank you. So this is not a magic bullet, okay? But these are some things which people wiser than I, as I say, have suggested might be helpful for us to think about. If you want to choose a simpler life to live more richly, the first, well, it's back to dwelling. It's to enjoy and appreciate God's provision. For many of us, this happens when we connect with creation, when we go for a walk. Did you notice that Jesus in that, in that passage said, contemplate the lilies. That word contemplate means spend a significant amount of time admiring and enjoying the provision of God in creation around. But developing the habit of thankfulness in us to see what God has provided. You see, guys, we're living in a world where everyone tells me I haven't got the latest phone and so I'm missing out. This phone would take people to the moon a few decades ago and more. But I somehow think that this phone is not quite good enough, so I'm missing out. Being thankful is to be thankful for what God has given us. To connect with what he is already providing for us. A second one is what would it mean if we deliberately chose to buy things for their usefulness and not their status? To practice that discipline, to walk that way. The third thing that people suggest is to identify and to reject anything that is an addiction, anything that's a a compulsion in you. If you're really sad and you watch EastEnders and you have to watch EastEnders, then Forgive me, all EastEnders fans. But is there something in you that is, that is a compulsion? You might not use the word addiction, but does it have a, a, a pull on your life? 
that takes your focus away from God. The fourth one, giving away, being generous, sharing wherever and and whatever you can and whenever you can. Now, I just want to be so clear about this. This church does not need your money. God does not need your money. As I often say, he's not run out of money, okay? This is not an appeal to force you to give into this church. If this is your spiritual home and you want to bless God's work through here, then this will be the place that you will give. But I don't mind where you give as long as you give first to the Lord. I shared a couple of weeks ago, that transformed my life in my late 20s. And what about all the other things that we have? How can we, how can we practice generosity and giving away? And probably the most important thing we all possess is time. How can we be generous with our time? The fifth one, to speak plainly and honestly, not to exaggerate, not to read a quote out of a book in a, in a, in a talk and pretend that you've read the whole of the book, Andrew. To let your yes be yes and your no be no. To speak simply and honestly is part of the practice, the habit that is healthy. Because there's so much stuff in words. Sixthly, however you can to act against the oppression of others. Whether that means joining us as a church in anti-trafficking and anti-slavery movements in this town. Whether that means you supporting and getting involved in other things. Whether that, that means just where you buy and what you buy. If that means that you find out where the meat in the sausages that you're about to eat was actually produced and how it was produced. However you can to live simply by acting against the oppression of others. And the last one I chose from the various things that I did read is to choose sharpening friendships. Every one of us, if we want to be followers of Jesus, has the healthy habits of good friends who can help us, can point out when the stuff, when the money or the possessions or the ambitions or the unhealthy habits are preventing us facing Jesus and drawing closer and closer to him. When what we call happiness and call contentment and call joy It's just an illusion when we're missing out, missing out on being the people that God has made us to be.
See, the thing of God is this. He wants us to be close. Of course he wants us to be close. But he's most bothered about direction. He's most bothered about where we're heading. And you may be here tonight just very on the edge of the crowd. You may even feel like you're, you're maybe hanging on to your faith by your fingertips. But I promise you, friends, if you're facing towards the sun, towards Jesus, you will feel the light of Jesus shining towards you. You will see his eyes welcoming you, welcoming you closer and closer. But this is serious. This, this stuff has enormous power. It's not more powerful than our God. But we do have to take hold. We do have to seek his help to live in the right ways. Like every other habit, we have to start and then continue and keep continuing so that it becomes a habit. If you're able to, would you like to stand, please? If, you've not, uh, if you're not been with us before, then one of the things we do as part of our act of worship, part of our time together before we actually close is to come before God in this kind of way. And take the opportunity to receive from him. My prayer, obviously, is that as we've been singing, as you've been, I hope, tuning in to him, even as I've been speaking, that he is already beginning to, to whisper things into your ear, into your heart. I'd, I'd be surprised if there aren't a few of us in this, in this room tonight who just feel weighed, weighed down by too much stuff. I guess there'd be some people here who've got significant debt. I, I guess there'd be people here who feel they haven't got enough money. I guess there'd be people here who feel actually in many ways they've got too much money.
I guess there's people here who are wondering about their ambitions. God wants us to be the best that we can be. And healthy ambitions are a very godly thing. To be truly who we are, to express and fulfill all our gifts. But we can also have wrong ambitions, selfish ambitions. We can want to succeed at the expense of others. And there are people here tonight who know that you know you have addictions. You know you have things that have a draw on you. They take your focus. You know that because to think about not doing it tomorrow or tonight or this week really, really tugs at you. And so you know it's an addiction. If it's not God, if it's not something to do with God, And so shall we ask the Holy Spirit, God with us now, to come. Even more than he already is, if you want to, just as a sign of, yes, please, God, you can just hold your hands out. You don't have to. But God has a habit of taking very seriously when people want to receive from him. So just very gently, may I ask the Holy Spirit to come please. Spirit, would you, would you begin to work in people's hearts? Some of us know already what we want to what we want to pray, Holy Spirit. Others of us, perhaps, you're revealing things, you're showing things to us that we hadn't seen before. Some of us have a sense maybe that we've, uh, we actually need to turn to face towards Jesus in our lives. We kind of realise we've not seriously, seriously done that. That we want to take some kind of step closer to you, Jesus. You can trust God. Trust God to show you how to simplify life if that's your desire. You don't have to know how to do it in order to want to live more simply and so in a richer relationship with Jesus. If that's your heart desire, he'll show you. He'll show you.
We just have to say, yes, that's what I want. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More of you. More of you. you Holy Spirit that's it that's it we can trust Jesus we can trust him we can say yes Jesus yes your way your way Holy Spirit, would you, would you please hear the prayers? Would you please, Holy Spirit, come and show us the way. Show us the way to closer following. Lord Jesus, we pray for your power, the power of God to break the power of stuff in our lives Lord God that we would not be dominated by money or by possessions the desire for status we would not be overwhelmed by busyness break addictions in the name of Jesus, break addictions, please. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. I invite you, if, as the way we do things here, if you want to just make some step towards Jesus it doesn't have to be for anything that I have said it can be for any reason at all if you want to if you have a sense that tonight is an opportunity to take a deliberate step towards Jesus if you know that stuff has been having a wrong power on you and you want to live more simply 
to live more richly with Jesus. I'm going to invite you just to come to the front as a sign of that. Just come and step forward. It's a brave thing to do, but you know you want to do it. It's a step closer, closer into relationship with him. That's it. Well done.